The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Voice Search Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the fastest rising technologies impacting content marketers, voice search. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know to build a voice-enabled marketing strategy. Joining us for Voice Search Week is Courtney Cox Wakefield, who is the co-author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Outside of being an author, Courtney is also the head of consumer digital marketing at Children's Health Hospital, which is one of the top care facilities in the United States. Here is the first installment of Voice Search Week, where we talk about the current landscape of voice search with Courtney Cox Wakefield, the co-author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Courtney, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And first off, let me just say congratulations. You published your new book. Uh, How's it been received? How's it going so far? It's going pretty well so far. We've had a number of people reach out after it was published and wanting to talk about it. It seems like a great time to have written about this topic. There's a lot of people interested in it. We've had some good sales numbers. So we're looking forward to talking with you about Voice Search today and sharing a little bit about what we talk about in the book. Before we get down into talking about the overall landscape of Voice Search today, I just want to ask you, what drove you to write the book? Why write a book about Voice Search? I've always been the type of marketer who's always looking at what's next. I really am a techie at heart. I was an early adopter of the voice first technology. I bought an Amazon Alexa in the first couple of weeks that Amazon launched it. And I immediately started creating a smart home. Actually, I'm sitting here in my living room and I've got two ring cameras that are ready to be installed. And I bought them specifically because they work with the Amazon Alexa and I can look at them on my Alexa show. So that really is what got me first interested in it because I was like, oh, this technology is really useful for me. And I started asking it questions and trying to get good answers and good content from it. And I really wasn't finding a lot of what I needed. So I said, why is that? What's going on here? And I started looking into it. And I think it's just that marketers don't really know what to do with the technology And I saw this big opportunity to leverage that and start using it for the businesses that I work with and started to do that. And I thought there's no really good resource out here, no comprehensive resource to create this. And I was at lunch with my friend, Amin. He's the co-author of the book. 
And we were having this conversation and both of us had been pushing to speak on this topic at different conferences because we saw that opportunity. And we said, let's write a book on it. There's not a resource out there. So let's create one for people to use. And that really was our motivation. So we had planned on getting something done by April. As you know, so much has changed in the space. So it seemed like every time we would make progress, we were having to go back and change things or go back and add things in. So it took us all the way until November to actually get it published. But I think we're better for it that we went ahead and waited because we're able to add a lot of things in there that happened since April. I'm excited to hear a lot about the book and specifically the impact voice search is having on marketers, but let's start from the top. I just want to talk about the overall landscape of voice search. First off, what is voice search? How long has it been around? How is it integrating into people's lives? Let's cover the basics. I actually almost included a chapter in the book about the history of voice search, but the history is so vast and you really have to go all the way back to over a thousand years ago when people first started talking about automating machines and creating human-like machines. We've been, as the human race, hoping for a technology like this for over a thousand years and philosophizing about what that might look like. And now we finally have it, which I find really interesting. But really, the first technology that actually enabled this was created by IBM in their early days. They created some technology that could actually understand human speech. And then the technology sort of stagnated for years. It got slightly better, slightly better, slightly better. It really was when we started creating machine learning algorithms that this technology really became possible so that it could understand semantic speech and learn over time semantic speech from having more and more inputs. That's what made all of this possible. I remember back there was a Nuance and Dragon software and ways that you could speak to text, and that was sort of probably a decade-old technology. But there's been a shift more to device-enabled technology. It started with Amazon Alexa, Google Smart Home, Siri, and the HomePod and the AirPods. It seems like there is a new wave technologies that are coming out. How related are the old text-to-speech technologies and what we're seeing today? Yeah, they're related. Definitely the Dragon software made that speech recognition piece possible, which is part of the foundation of making voice search work. But behind that voice recognition is actually being able to pull information based on that from another source. So it's one thing to understand what I'm saying. It's another thing to understand what I'm saying and then know the synonyms for the words that I'm speaking, the structure of the sentence that I'm using, and then be able to pull information from another source to deliver back to me and respond. That's the new thing that has been added on that makes voice search possible. The Dragon software is just that one-way piece of understanding what it was that I said, and that really isn't enough to enable voice search. Interesting. So there's the machine learning, I don't want to call it artificial intelligence, but there's the processing of what the language is and understanding what the response is. That's really the new technology that's launched this decade that's making voice search so pervasive in our everyday lives. That's right. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. 
But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about where voice search is being used, where it's adopted, what marketers need to know in terms of more of the overall landscape. I'm thinking placement adoption. There's really two different paths that you can go with voice search. You can go the direct path or you can go the organic path. And I'm oversimplifying it a little bit when I say that there's more nuance within each of those areas. But most marketers, when you go to them, you say, what are you thinking about from a voice search perspective? they immediately go to building a skill or an action. And that's the direct path because it's sexier. Like if you tell people like, oh, I'm optimizing my content to work on voice. They're like, oh, okay. Like you mean you're doing all the same things that you've been doing forever for SEO. And you're like, well, kind of, but it's a little more nuanced than that. They're like, "Uh, that doesn't sound very fun. I want to build a skill or I want to build an action, which is fine for a lot of businesses. But for a lot of businesses, it's not the right way to go. It's not the most efficient use of time and money. And also it doesn't give you the opportunity to then leverage that content for other channels, which can be some of the most efficient way to use our time. So those are really those two areas. You can either optimize your organic content to rank well and perform well for voice searches, or you can build a skill which somebody actually has to recall or almost like invoke before your content can be read to them. And that can be a little more challenging for users. Yeah, there's an interesting parallel here between voice search and the rise of the iPhone or the smartphone app stores, where initially there was this huge rush, and there still is, for people to create their own app to build their unique experience for a new format and for a new device. And after the fact, it felt like there was a more of a push to make whatever web properties you have responsive for mobile. People just ran because they needed an app just like they needed a website. And it seems like the same thing is happening in voice search where there's this huge influx of the engineering community going and building out all of these skills and companies are rushing to not be behind in the, I'm using air quotes, app store portion of these new devices But maybe they're overlooking the responsive nature of building their content so it fits for voice. I totally see that parallel. In fact, I speak to that in one of my presentations that I give about voice search called You Will Fail at Voice Search, where I talk about all the different ways that people are failing to leverage the technology well. And I try to take a balanced look at this. 
I think it depends on the size of your marketing team. If you have a huge marketing team and a very large tech team that can support the creation of a skill and an action while you in a parallel path are optimizing your content to work well on voice, I think that's a good idea. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference if you're able to do that in a parallel path. It's when I see these smaller companies that don't have a big marketing team, don't have a big tech team doing just the skill piece and not focusing at all on their voice search content that I find it really concerning because I think they're missing out. I just published an article where I was going into the skills store and trying to figure out what's new, what's going on in this space right now. Is there anything I need to be paying attention to? And one of the first skills that came up was Butterball. Butterball had created a skill where you can enable it. And then when you invoke the skill, you can ask questions like, how much turkey do I need for 12 people? Or how long do I need to cook this size turkey if it's frozen? The problem with that is that most people aren't someone like me who's going to be going into the skills store and constantly checking for what's new. Most people are going to use what's there out of the box and maybe sometimes they're going to go enable new skills, but it's not going to happen that frequently. So more than likely, most people, if they need to know that information, they're not going to invoke a skill to ask it. They're just going to ask Alexa, hey, Alexa, how much turkey do I need for 12 people? And Alexa is going to give them that answer and they're going to use the position zero content from Google to provide that answer. And unfortunately, Butterball doesn't own that space. If they had taken all the time and energy that they put into building that skill, Butterball is basically synonymous with Turkey. They probably could have created enough content and optimized their content in a way where they would dominate in that answer box. But instead, they created this skill and now they're going to miss out on thousands of people who are just asking that question organically to their Alexa and not invoking a skill. I think a lot of companies are in that same position. So when we think about the overall landscape of voice search, we've talked a little bit about the difference between skills and the content play, and we're going to get more into that in tomorrow's episode. I want to talk a little bit more about the use case of voice search. To me, it seems like there are two primary places where people are using voice search. People have the home devices like Alexa But they also are putting in their headphones, their AirPods, and they're talking to Siri. Or if they're an Android user, they're talking to Google. Tell me a little bit about what are the common use cases from the end consumer places. Do marketers need to think about content that's fit for the go or for the home? I would be thinking about both. But even at home, it's the same type of content that's most commonly requested from these applications. And that's almost always local. More local searches are done than any other type of search. People want to know what's the best emergency room near me. They want to know about restaurants. They want to know about traffic. They want to know things that are very local to them. So the way that you would optimize for that is by making sure that you've optimized your local listings And that can be done manually. Personally, I prefer not to do it manually. I prefer to use a tool like Yext that sort of pushes all that information out to all the data aggregators and all the different publishers, mostly because it saves time. For us, it was a money saver. We had a full-time person that was focused on that. So now we don't have to have a full-time person focused on that. We just use Yext for it. 
but local is the main thing to focus on. If you don't have a good local strategy, I wouldn't focus on almost anything else unless local is just completely irrelevant to your business until you get that local strategy solid. And then you can start focusing on other content. So I think the takeaway when we talk about the overall landscape for marketers, there's the decision between do you want to develop a skill and use engineering resources to have a sort of unique experience for your consumers, or do you just want to focus on content optimization to make sure that when someone is using a voice search device, they can access your content? And then also thinking about whether you're building content that is for the home or on the go. And really the answer in both scenarios is making sure that you're localizing your content or building out a local marketing strategy. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Courtney Cox Wakefield for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Courtney's tips for building an effective voice search strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we'll be discussing what big players in the voice search industry are doing and who's going to win. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Courtney and her book, go to voicesearchbook.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we built benjshap.com slash question where you could submit a question that we'll answer live on our show. Now, of course, you can always reach out to us on social media. My personal handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, which you can use to find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of Voice Search Week, we've got some great episodes lined up for the rest of the month. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.